Hey everyone, my name is Dr. Dolores Tarver. I am a licensed psychologist here in Georgia and it is time for the tea. Tea time for Dr. Tarver was created to be an additional resource for people to utilize as you are moving towards your wellness goals. It is not to be a substitute for therapy, but more so just that additional support that we sometimes need when we're trying to be that best version of ourselves. So here we are, we have made it to the last day of March as we are closing out Women's History Month. It has been quite a month for women, celebrations of women, but also challenges for women. And I know one of the biggest challenges that we often have as women is around our eating, that relationship that we have with food. So that is what motivated today's topic, which is stuff it, women and food as coping. So throughout your lives, I am certain that there have been conversations about food. There might have been food for celebrations of things, anniversaries and weddings and graduations. And when you did well academically, or you made that team you tried out for, or you got an awesome project completed, maybe that science fair victory or that debate team victory. And so we frequently celebrate with food. And we often don't have conversations in our families about food other than, hey, it's time to eat. What do you all like to eat? What are your snacks that you want? But we don't necessarily really have conversations about how we learn to have a relationship with food and what food means to us. So as we utilize food for celebrations, we also use food for grieving and bereavement. When people have experienced loss, we bring food around. And when we have had a difficult day, a stressful event, um, been disappointed, let down, we often will have food there as well. And so we frequently don't talk about, well, what does this do? to set up this dynamic of how we view food. And women in particular have had a love-hate relationship with food because food is one of those things we often have a lot of guilt about. We have guilt about when we eat too much of it. We have guilt about when we eat too little of it. And I know some of you are thinking, no, I wanna eat too little of it. But then we often are using it for control in those instances. And truthfully, we've used food not only to cope, but also as a control mechanism over the years. We have such high standards for women in terms of attractiveness, which we tie to what? Our size. So we have this very inflated perspective about what it means to be healthy as a woman and how that translates over typically into how thin you are, how well you fit into these body standards. And so because of those things, we often have a lot of shame we develop around food. And that shame ends up driving some of our food-based behavior. So I want to talk with you all about emotional eating. There are a lot of different eating disorders, uh, binge eating disorder, uh, anorexia nervosa, but I'm not talking about bulimia or any of the eating disorders. What I'm talking about is a disordered pattern of eating that occurs when we consume food, not when we're hungry, but simply as a way to deal with things that are stressful or uncomfortable. And that's essentially what 
emotional eating is. Now, binge eating is something different and there a lot of overlap in the two, but essentially the hallmark difference between binge eating and emotional eating is the amount of calories that we're consuming, the amount of food that we're eating in a sitting with a binge. So in a binge, you're actually eating what would be considered several meals. So three or four meals, I may be going to McDonald's and I'm getting um, you know, two meals from there, I'm going to KFC and I'm getting a meal from there. I'm eating, I'm gorging to the point where I'm uh, oversaturated, I hurt from eating so much. I also eat it really rapidly. And so I'm not even really processing what I'm doing. I'm just kind of inhaling this food in. There is still that shame and guilt that we'll have with the emotional eating. Um, and there is that lack of control over the eating, but I'm not eating as much and I'm not usually eating as fast when it comes to emotional eating as I am doing with binge eating. Uh, but with binge eating, we eat when we're not hungry. We tend to crave foods that would be considered high calorie, but low nutritional value. So those are going to be your heavy carb loaded foods. So your fries, your chips, my two favorites, your pizza falls in that category, your sweets such as chocolate, cookies, cakes, those kind of things are usually what are equated to emotional eating because those are the things that make me feel like I'm full, but they also feed um, my body's response to this increase in cortisol. So when we are stressed, the body produces a lot of cortisol, right? So this is the thing that lets us know when we need to be in fight or flight, like, hey, there's a threat and we need to neutralize this threat. And so what the body does is the appetite increases because what do we need to do, right? I need to get the reserves ready because I may have to go to battle. I may have to escape or I may have to fight. So I need to make sure I have enough energy to be able to do so. When we are in chronic periods of stress, what does that mean? Those cortisol levels are going to stay high. So I'm hungry, but specifically I'm craving these particular types of foods. And that's how you also know it's emotional eating, that you're craving certain foods. I don't want a meal. I don't, when you're just hungry, what happens with hunger is it's a gradual process. So like, uh, I'm starting to get a little peckish and now my stomach's growling. This may happen over the course of an hour or so where I'm, uh, my body is literally getting emptied out. So my stomach is like, hey, we need some more fuel in here. With emotional eating, I'm not hungry. I, I could be several other things, but not hungry. What it is, is I'm wanting to get a substance to feed this need that I have because I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm uncomfortable, I'm stressed, right? So we're gonna talk a little bit um, more about some of the triggers for that. But often what comes along with the emotional eating is this sense of guilt because I know that I'm out of control with this food. I know that I'm not hungry. Um, I know that this is probably a pattern for me that I engage in when I'm stressed out. And so then I feel bad about it. Right. So the emotional eating is usually brought on by what we consider uncomfortable emotions. So we don't like being bored. We don't like being lonely. We definitely don't like um, dealing with grief and loss. Those are really uncomfortable for us. Um, we don't like being hurt, feeling disappointed. We don't like being a lot of times irritable and angry. We don't like those either because that feels really uncomfortable in our bodies. And so we'll look to find these foods as a way to feel some of that, that um, 
I think what happens is just emotional overload. And so we're looking to get this food in here to try to get out of that place, get out of that space of, of feeling that, that discomfort. Um, so what are our risk factors for emotional eating? Depression, our favorites, right? Depression, anxiety, those are our, our, our big ones. Um, also, when I'm feeling bad about myself, so we've talked a lot about the negative self-talk that women frequently engage in, and that negative self-talk could be about why well, I failed at this diet, right? Here we are, uh, we're in Lenten season, Easter is Sunday, um, we had New Year's resolutions, and a lot of us took some fast from things, like, oh, I'm going to eat healthier, I'm going to engage in better portion control, maybe I'm going to give up sweets, maybe I'm going to give up fried foods, maybe I'm going to give up certain types of meats, right? And then I fail. I don't end up reaching that goal. I end up going to eat something that wasn't on that diet plan. And diets are a huge, huge trigger for emotional eating because often we set ourselves up for failure when we're utilizing a diet because they're simply not giving us what we need. They're oftentimes based on starvation. And so because my body isn't getting what it needs, then it's definitely going to crave things like carbs, the stuff and all that good junk we like to eat um, when we're trying to soothe ourselves instead of actually getting the nutrients that it needs in order to be able to fuel itself. Um, what we also know about uh, emotional eating is that there's a void that we often feel when we have those uncomfortable emotions. And we talked a little bit about trauma over this series as well and the holes that trauma leaves in our soul. And so when I have that void, so you person are not there with me, you person who I wanted to be with or I thought I would be with, um, you person who I made these changes for and you're still not there. I tried to be everything that you uh, said you wanted and you still didn't pick me. You still didn't end up being with me. And so I've got this void of not being enough, of being worthless, of not being beautiful enough, of not uh, being some somebody that people would be attracted to or want to be with long term. Uh, I, I have been utilized for maybe sex, but not for an actual relationship. We've had a lot of tough holidays pass for people. Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, Valentine's. These are often, as we've, we discussed in our previous episode about we are very relational focused as women. So then I haven't had these relationships met, whether that's parents or, or partners uh, or, or family members. And so I'm feeling this whole, this void. And so often food is that thing that we will utilize. And this goes back to the relationship we have with food, right? With what our expectations of, of how food can serve us. Remember all of the holidays and all of the events and the negative things that happened in my life, I went to food. So food has become a, a source of comfort for me instead of me looking at it as a, a, a source of nourishment. And so I'm looking for that hug. You know, when you feel really full, you eat something that is really satisfying to you. And we know that this activates the pleasure centers in our brain. And so it increases um, these endorphins that we get excited about. The taste buds just kind of dance when I get this, this food that I really want. And so this feeds for me like, oh, if I get this food, I'm going to feel better. I'm going to I'm going to be made whole. This food is almost like a hug. It's like somebody being there. And what we what we um, I think connect food with is food is constant. I don't have to wait for food to show up for me. I mean, technically, you, you're talking about ordering it, maybe. But like food is accessible. 
right? So it is going to choose me because I choose it. So it's going to be there for me. That's that the constant in my life. I don't have to dress up for it. Uh, I can have my headscarf on and I can be a, uh, in here without any makeup on and, and really just down to, to low points in my life and struggles in my life. And it's not going to judge me, right? So we, we utilize this food as a way to be able to, to gain some type of control when we're feeling out of control um, to create that safe space for us. The other thing that ends up happening with us in, in terms of our, our eating is because it's shame-based and we're ending up usually doing these emotional eating things not around a bunch of people um, at, at night. That's usually when people are activated to emotionally eat because we're up late scrolling, uh, as I've talked about social media of doom. So now I'm comparing myself to, to this person that just got engaged and that should have been me. Or I see that person that I was dating previously and why are they happy? Um, or I'm looking at this house that you were able to purchase and here I am and I'm still renting. Or um, I'm looking at you and, and you're looking vibrant and healthy and I'm over here feeling huge, right? So all of these comparison behaviors that we feed on, we get in social media, and that's just when we emotionally eat a lot of times at night. And also at nighttime is when our minds are very active because it doesn't have things to distract us, right? So these are triggers for us as well. So when you stay up late, oftentimes you will find you're more inclined to emotionally eat because boredom is a trigger, but also those comparison behaviors are a trigger. And we're doing both because we're on here in some shenanigans at nighttime instead of reading a book or doing some meditation or taking that warm, soothing bath and going to bed so I can get adequate rest, right? Um, so how do we end up regaining control over the emotional eating? It is very important for us to be able to identify our triggers. And oftentimes people will say, well, I don't know, I'm just eating, which is mindless eating. <laughs> That's a trigger. So when we were watching TV, I'm watching TV, you're watching movies, just uh, spending a lot of time, YouTube videos, spending a lot of time in front of electronic devices, whether that's the scrolling or the watching of something, then it is more easy for us to mindlessly eat. We know that commercials are geared toward us purchasing food products and various other things. And so there are subliminal things that come through in the commercials. But the other thing is like we like that comfort of munching on something while I'm looking, popcorn in a movie, right? Candy in a movie. So we've also connected in our minds when I watch TV that I should be eating something because food is enjoyable. What I'm watching is enjoyable, right? Those go together. And so I'm not even thinking about it. And what I tend to do when I'm watching TV, I'm not going to fix a, a regular dinner plate or a meal that I've prepared ahead of time. I'm going to get something that essentially is bottomless. So I'm going to get that popcorn, I'm going to get those chips, bags of things that don't have pre-portioned sizes in it. This is how we can end up going through uh, the kids' um, uh, Rice Krispie treats. How did I eat six of those? Because I just had the box over there and I was just grabbing, 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 unwrapping. And I look up and there's six wrappers down on the floor because I wasn't paying attention. Mindless eating is one of the things that we have to address when we're trying to regain control. So we want to have mindful eating, which means one, I eat when I'm hungry. And we have to remember that there is there a delay 
between when my brain is going to tell me that I'm full and when I actually get full. And because we're, if we eat quickly or we're eating a bunch of things that mine is eating, just eating, then by the time my brain gets uh, the message that I'm full, I'm actually oversatiated. And so that's why portion control is really, really important. So I need to be mindful and plan out what I'm going to eat before I eat. So I know, hey, when it's time for my uh, afternoon snack or when it's time for my dinner, I already know what I'm going to eat and I've pre-portioned what I'm going to eat. So that stops me from getting oversatiated, over full, overeating, and it gives me control back over my food. The other thing about mindful eating is I actually need to taste <laughs> what I'm eating. And so a lot of times we're inhaling, just stuffing things in our mouths. We eat so quickly. Uh, we have a bad habit of doing that in this mental health field in between people we're woofing down stuff. Um, and so we've gotten away from actually tasting our food. One of the things that you're encouraged to do is actually feel it, smell it, taste it, right? So it's really, look at it, get that visual. Um, some of you are so creative, you make these very cute plates to look at and they're colorful and they're bright. And so enjoying that work and eating it and taking bites slowly and making sure that you're giving yourself a chance to actually swallow and digest. And sometimes it's good when we eat with people because there's conversation, there's dialogue in between those bites. So by the time I finish this plate that's actually uh, correctly portioned for me, then I'm going to feel full because I've had that 20, 30 minutes where my food got a chance to be digested and my brain was able to say, hey, we're full now. Mindful eating is also about preparation. So a lot of times when we are emotionally eating, we're not prepared, right? So I'm just, it's impulsive. I'm just grabbing. So I find out at work, I didn't get that promotion. I find out that the person that I was interested in is interested in someone else. I find out that I didn't get approved for that home loan. I find out that I've overextended my budget. I'm in the hole and I'm trying to figure out where this money is going to come from. Find out my child has gotten in trouble again at school and there's a threat of expulsion, right? So all of this stress, because again, stress is a trigger. So I haven't planned. And so I don't know how to deal with when I'm overwhelmed, right? So you can plan your snacks. You can plan your food. So like, hey, I know it's going to be an overwhelming day when I get home. I'm going to want to just grab whatever I can and consume it. Let me be thoughtful about what I want to eat as I'm working on my problem solving. And problem solving, so strategies to decrease stress, is very important as well. How do I deal with stressful events? And take food out of that option of dealing with stress. Food is not a coping mechanism. <laughs> so I, I need to stop looking at it as such. I need to stop looking at it as uh, when I have a celebration or some kind of event or something difficult in my life, then food needs to be there. I need to look at food as like, oh, hey, when we're working on this project, we're going to get hungry. Let me prepare to have some, some healthy snacks, Don't, things that are going to fuel us and not things that are going to burn quickly and turn to sugar. And then we're going to be tired and lethargic and still looking for something else to munch on, right? Because we're hungry. So get that protein um, in there. Make sure I'm getting that, that water in there. Plan for those things. Problem solving, stress management, decreasing my stress. So if I'm recognizing that I'm constantly in a state of stress, then I need to look at what are the things that are causing me to be in a constant state of stress. 
And I don't expect that you're going to be able to change everything at one time. But what is important is that you put a plan in place to be able to decrease these stressors over time. So if I'm constantly overextending my budget, and if I cannot adjust my budget, so I'm literally buying the basics. I'm paying uh, for my living, I'm paying for my food, I'm not being um, you know, exorbitant in, in the expenses for food, I'm paying bills, I'm not running up additional debt, and I'm really just stretched to thin, then I need to think about, okay, what are some additional ways that I can get in income? And it may be that I need to move to a higher paying job, which is a job application process that takes time. But if I'm working on that, then I know stress relief is coming. Um, you know, do I need to, to uh, bring in additional support until I can get an additional job? So problem solving is a huge part of stress management. The basics too, like exercise. Exercise is a good way to relieve some of that stress to get that tension out of your body and not carrying it around. That healthy support system, that emphasis on healthy because not everybody is healthy. So you don't need to just be talking to people that are going to add to your stress. That won't be helpful to you. And in fact, people may be the source of your stress. So it may be that you need to put a plan in place for how am I going to basically remove myself from interacting with these people over time so that I don't continue to get stress from them. Managing our expectations, we often take on too much. We're doing so many things that we're burned out. And so that's part of our stress as well. We're exhausted. So I need to set healthy boundaries and make sure that I'm not trying to be perfect or I'm not trying to be everything to everybody. That I'm not putting more stress on myself because I'm taking on things. Just because somebody asks doesn't mean I need to do it. So I need to be mindful about what can I actually handle. We do not want to add substances to this. We tend to eat more when we're utilizing substances. So if I'm drinking, I'm going to eat more. If I'm, uh, we know smoking marijuana gives people the munchies, right? So if I'm utilizing marijuana and I'm noticing that I'm eating more, uh, then those are things that I need to also look at because they could be contributing to that emotional eating. Sleep. If you are sleep deprived, one of the things that your body is going to do to try to offset that sleep is eat. And it is also harder for us to lose weight when we're sleep deprived as well. And so now I'm going to be beating myself up because I've gained weight that I can't get off. And so what am I going to do? I'm going to eat. I'm, I'm tired. I'm trying to stay awake. So I'm going to be popping things into my mouth. I know a lot of times people, especially being in front of a computer in the cyber world, a lot of people have snacks in their drawer and they're just popping these snacks, usually candy, um, very rarely nuts or, or something healthy like that. People will put cereal. Um, a lot of starchy carbohydrate based things in there and those kind of things again turn into sugar real quickly and so I'm going to be hungry again. I'm not going to feel full so I'm back to the snacking, right? Also support groups. Like sometimes we just need to be in support of other people who are making healthy choices. If you are in a home where people are um, using food as coping a lot or eating large amounts of food as a, a mechanism to be able to um, feel satisfied and feel like, okay, well, I don't have control over this. I can at least eat a good meal. Then you may need to be around people who are doing different things. If I am trying to portion control and no one else in my house is, guess what? That's going to be a trigger. So I may need to find a group of people who are also trying to manage their emotional eating. There are also people I can reach out to when I get those cravings 
and they're like, hey, when's the last time you ate? You may just actually need to eat a meal, sit down and eat a meal, and that will help you not want to emotionally eat in this moment. Or, hey, what are you stressed about? What's going on? Let's talk through it as a replacement behavior for going to the food. I think the other thing that we really need to think about is how we treat ourselves because I mentioned the guilt. So when I beat up on myself, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to eat. So being kind to myself in this process is really important. You are not going to be perfect. You are not going to get everything right. But if you're kind to yourself and you extend yourself some grace, then you don't have one additional level of stress on you, which is you tearing yourself down. So what does this mean? Mindfulness, meditation, those kind of things are going to allow us to be able to recenter and deal with these very difficult things and not turn to the food. So that hole that you feel is not going to be filled with food. Instead, fill that hole with unconditional love for yourself, patience and kindness extended to yourself and putting some things in place that are going to allow you to be able to deal with life's challenges without using food as the mechanism to attempt to do so. Okay, be encouraged.